This is a recording from a uh, live show I did on the Wisdom app. I do a talk on there weekly, um, and I'm uploading it to the uh, podcast here. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, today I'm going to talk to you about uh, growth happens outside of your comfort zone. And when I was looking back on my life in 2018, when I really made it, decided to make a a change in my life uh, to really get to the level where I knew I should be, um, I started analyzing and looking back on my life and kind of connecting the dots and looking at where did I see the most growth? Where did I have the most um, or the greatest experiences? And when I recall as a young man growing into this new world of possibilities at the age of, I believe I was 20, I decided to go in the military. And when I went on this journey in the military, it was definitely outside of my comfort zone. Um, a major process to get everything going to and uh, get enlisted in the military. You have to, you know, take a test and all that and study and pass the test to go in. I went in the Air Force and I remember I was so excited, so excited to, to, to leave my environment and go off to something new. And I was with a, a group of people on a, uh, on a plane from the Bay Area and we arrived in Texas with a bunch of other people from all over the United States. And we were extremely excited to just, just walk into this new opportunity, this new world. And we were at the airport. Then we got on the bus and then we started just laughing and telling stories and just excited uh, to, to be yeah, going to the military, going in the air force. And I remember we pulled up to the gate and we actually saw the the, uh, the base from a distance. And it started getting a little quiet as we started approaching. You know, I can imagine everyone starting to think about, okay, what's to come? And, you know, the videos they show, the drill sergeants, they're really nice. They're smiling. They're helping you and, you know, comforting you to let you know it's, it's going to be okay. And we pull up and I'll never forget the drill sergeant got on the bus and it was like um, everything went in slow motion. As he walked up the stairs on the bus, you could see that big hat, that big hat they wear, the drill sergeants. And immediately fear, at least for me, of the unknown. Um, I was really nervous. We pulled into the base and it was just a, a daze. We got off the bus. They were yelling and screaming at us about one o'clock in the morning, totally disoriented because we we're very tired. And we decided um, to get checked in and everything. And I remember after going through the check-in process, we arrived at our dorm and we went to sleep at probably about 1 a.m. in the morning. And we got up about five. So we were very disoriented, very tired. 
and we started our day because the military, you start very early. We started at 5 a.m. So we went and had breakfast, got a few things done, and it's about 7 o'clock. And then we started walking or marching, if you will, to our first appointment. And at that time, we were still dressed as civilians. And we noticed people were pointing at us. They were calling us uh, rainbows. And I was like, why are they calling us rainbows? And we continued to walk. We made it to our first appointment. And we got a haircut. They shaved all our hair off. And from there, we walked and got our fatigues. They're all green. so. We're started getting indoctrinated into the military. So we got our uniforms and started realizing, okay, this is really becoming real. We're part of the Air Force. And we walked to our next appointment and people were pointing at us. And these were people that were there. They'd been there for a couple of weeks. They started pointing at us and calling us pickles. Uh, And we didn't understand why they were calling us pickles. Later that evening, our drill sergeant said, that's a term they use for newbies when they come. Think about it. When you guys came here, you were all wearing different clothing, different colors. So they call you rainbows. Then you had a haircut and you got your fatigues. So they called you pickles. So then we got it. So then the next day, we went. And we got our name tags. And so now they called us canned pickles. And, you know, we went on our day. But, you know, they started the whole process was to bring you, build you back up. You know, we all came there with different backgrounds from different cultures, different environments. And they wanted to um, basically break us down to build us back up. So at this point, we were all the same. Regardless, you know, of our background, at least we all look the same. So we're, we're all going through this process. Well, the third day, which happened to be a Saturday, and this is where I get into the point of the comfort zone, you know, where I had to step out. Our drill sergeant came in and he called everyone into a room. He said, I got something very important I need to share with you guys. I said, I'm not going to always be here and I need to appoint someone to, um, I need to appoint someone to be responsible for you when you're, when I'm not here. And I, we were all sitting back and, you know, I'm there, I'm, I'm just there to get through. I I wasn't there to be a leader or anything like that, but you can guess they called my name. They said, uh, uh, Airman Thompson, I said, Airman Thompson reporter's order, stand up. He said, you're my new dorm chief. You're responsible for all the men in this, uh, this, this flight. And immediately I was pushed into an environment of leadership. And so what I ended up doing is I had to appoint four other people to lead the other 10. You know, we had, they call them, I think, squad leaders. So I appointed four people. And we only have been there probably three days. And so immediately I was out of my comfort zone. I didn't know what to do. I, 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 I had no clue. And people were coming up to me. You know, how do we do this? How do we do this? When are we going to do it? And, and I said, okay, what do I have to reflect on? And I pulled back from a book I read, How to Win Friends and Influence People. This was a, a book 
that I um, picked up, I guess I was about 18 when I first got involved in network marketing and uh, network marketing, you know, it was full of personal development. I'm pretty sure some of you listening have been involved, but I really was attracted to personal development. And little did I know at the time I was unconsciously aware of this leadership path that I was taking, but apparently they saw something in me. Um, again, I didn't go there to, to lead in the military. I was going to kind of learn, uh, get my life on track or something like that. And, um, I was immediately forced into leadership role and having to, um, step out of my comfort zone. And so immediately I started learning the importance of working with others and listening to others because I said, there's no way that we're going to be able to get through this. Or at least I told myself, there's no way uh, that we're going to be able to get through this uh, alone. So I asked everyone, I said, Hey, if you find something out, let me know, share it with the team so we can all make it through this. And as we continue to grow and learn more and more about the military, I started to grow. I started to see myself as a leader. And again, I, that wasn't my goal when I came there. I, my goal was not to be a leader. I, my goal was to get through tech school. I mean, get through the boot camp, get to tech school and then, you know, figure it out from there. Well, the next day I had to march the flight to appointments. And immediately being in this leadership role, even though I didn't fully know what I was doing, I let the, 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 uh, everyone else know I didn't know what I was doing. And it's okay. You know, one of the things in, in uh, how to win friends and influence people is it's okay to let people know you don't know what you're doing, but you're going to figure it out as a team. So before I go on, I see I have a few people here um, and I'm learning how to use the app. I see JC, Dr. Robert Goodman, and and I think that's Dane and Indy, I believe. And I apologize if I kind of mess up the names. Um, if you guys like to chime in and maybe share, you know, what was it like for you stepping out of your comfort zone? You know, what was one of the lessons or one of the biggest lessons or maybe that first time? that you stepped out of the comfort zone. So if you'd like to join me as a guest, feel free. Um, and I'll love to hear your experience. You know, what did you do to kind of make things work for you? That uncomfortable moment. And, you know, I realized, you know, that uncomfortable moment, I started as I went on in my career, that uncomfortable moment, became normal. I know I knew what it felt like and I wasn't afraid of it anymore because it's a feeling you get of the unknown. So if you'd like to uh, hop on as a guest, please do and uh, kind of share a little bit of your experience of what you did or how you felt your first time stepping outside of your comfort zone. You know, with this app here, it's also stepping outside of the comfort zone. I'm used to doing podcasts and I wasn't really a podcaster. It developed again out of my comfort zone of uh, putting some positive energy towards something during the pandemic. Uh, I decided to start sharing my experience of what I did to literally 
create the best life ever for myself at age 54 in 2019. I documented and it became a podcast, very uncomfortable. But I went ahead and, and, and just went with it. And I wasn't worried about it being perfect. And it ended up being a very successful. Um, and so stepping outside of the comfort zone has become normal to me. And as I continued going through that process of the military, um, my next area, and I had many in between there when I started my first job in the military, some of those things. But one of the other uncomfortable moments is when I became a coach, a little league coach. This was probably, I guess, five years, six years after um, that moment of going into the military where I showed up um, after working a midnight shift. I had my son. He was ready to go. It was his first day of Little League. Uh, all the kids were there. I showed up, and I was ready to drop my son off like, every, like everyone else and let someone else coach him. And we sat there for 15, 20, 30 minutes, maybe not 30 minutes, but definitely it's 15 minutes. And, you know, the kids were getting antsy and we didn't have a coach. So then a lady pulled up. She had a bag with all the equipment and some paperwork. And I said, oh, okay, maybe she's their coach. It's T-Ball. Maybe she's going to be their coach. And um, she, I said, hey, are you a coach? And she says, no, they don't have a coach. And I never forget this little kid looked up at me with his glove in his hand with that look of, I'm ready to play ball. I want to learn this baseball. He looked at me and said, will you be our coach? And immediately inside, I said, no way. I work night shift. There's no way I could, <laughs> could coach you guys. I'm falling asleep right now. And they said, can you be our coach? And that voice spoke inside and said, it's your turn. You remember when you were a little kid and someone gave up your t their time for you? So I said, I'm your coach. And everyone, the other kids yelled, yay. All right. And again, I was at that moment again. I didn't know what to do. So the first thing I did, I said, hey, take a lap. Uh, that's kind of what my coach used to always say, take a lap. Well, I kind of figured out what to do. So as they came back, we started doing some of the fundamental things that I learned to do as a coach. I mean, as a kid being coached. And as we continue to move on through the season, you know, I let the parents know that I've never coached before and I'm going to need some help. And one of the challenges that we had is I didn't know how to construct a, a practice. And after about four games in, you know, it was, it was going bad pretty quickly, but I wanted to keep their interest. So I asked for help. You know, a lot of times, um, when we're doing things, we're afraid to ask for help. We're inside our comfort zone or we feel that, Hey, uh, you know, it's going to make me look weak if I ask for help. But I, I wanted those kids to have a, a great experience. So I asked one of the other coaches, I said, you know, what do you do to help your kids um, have success? I mean, they're, they're young. You guys look like you've been at this for a long time. He said, Gary, I teach them 
three things. I teach them if the ball's hitting the infield, throw it to first base. If the if the kid is on first base, walk it to the pitcher. Don't throw it because a lot of times they're not paying attention at that level. And in the outfield, throw it to second base. That's all he taught them. That is all he taught them. I implemented that approach. And our team started to improve. And I, through that process, the parents were getting more involved. They saw that I needed some assistance. I needed some help. Um, again, I didn't even know. Yeah, obviously, I couldn't do it by myself. But we got coaches to show. I mean, we had parents involved. And we were on quest to get a win, our first win. And although that win never came, we went 0-14 that year, my first year as a coach. But the one thing that I learned, actually there were many lessons learned, is that I helped the kids grow and build their self-esteem. I found a way to encourage them to continue to improve. Because one of the things, you know, um, it, it, it happened, I guess was kind of happening during the time when I had my son is that we're all winners. You know, they, they wanted to give all the kids a ribbon or, or a trophy. Well, in my era, you have first, second, and third. You didn't have a fourth place trophy or a ribbon or anything. And they would, you know, at this time, they would say, you know, we're not keeping score. And I never forget, I was sitting on the, Sitting on the bench, this little kid said, Coach, that white thing over there, when they touch that, that's a, is that a score? And I said, they call that a run. And he says, well, they have 15 runs and we, don't, we have zero. And at that point, I said, I, I have to do something. I have to do something to encourage these kids to Keep going. I didn't. I didn't want them to to lose it because we still had eleven games left. Well, that season ended up being such a great experience because I found other ways to engage the kids based on how well they did. Uh, if they if they backed someone up, if they said how many outs, I found simple ways to reward them, and I made sure that every kid got a game ball signed by coach. And at that point, I really realized that, you know, winning isn't everything, but it's how you go about the process of winning. By the end of that season, our kids were so determined every game. The parents, you could see it in their eyes every game. Are we going to get a win today, coach? Are we going to get one? And although we didn't win a game, those kids went away inspired, excited. They said, coach, you know what? I had a great season. I had a great season. And that meant so much to me that I made an impact. And again, this was an area I stepped out outside of my comfort zone. I didn't want to coach. I said, I have been, I, I, I work night shift. I, I'm, I'll be too tired. I won't have the energy. I didn't want to coach. And I realized the impact I made on those children to where they wanted to come back 
and play for me the following year. And at this time, we had what is called a draft. And all the kids, you, you couldn't bring them all with you. You had to draft them. And I, I said I made an impact. And then I had a passion for working with children. And that came from outside of my comfort zone. Something I didn't want to do. And I went on to coach four more years as a little league coach. And then four or five years, or I think four years as a softball coach for my daughter. I enjoyed it so much. I gave back and it was a great feeling. Now, you can imagine the lessons learned from an 0-14 season. I applied the next year. This time it wasn't stepping outside of the comfort zone. This time it was taking on the leadership role of taking what I learned before and applying it. And you can kind of figure out the ending of this story, right? This time we went 14 and 0. And two things happened. Yeah, it felt great to win. But I also had humility because I know what it's like to not win a game. I saw the team struggle and I freely shared with them, you know, what I did. You know, some actually some other teams were a little little upset, you know, uh, thinking I was overcoaching the kids and I was out there more than our allotted time. And I said, no, I'm very organized in the process. And these are the only things I taught them. And that created parity in our league with a few of the teams. So before I go on until maybe one last story, I have a few people here that join. Anyone else like to possibly share? What was your experience like? coming, you know, coming out of the, um, of your comfort zone for the first time or one of the times that was most impactful. Be great to hear you share that experience. I, I, I continued with coming out of my comfort zone and each time it was a lot easier. I see I have a guest coming on here and let me see how do I admit a guest. It says, uh, maybe do I click? It says one guest waiting. I guess I click on it. Choose guest. Um, boy. Okay. This is a fun part. Bring in listener. I'll try that. Okay. It's, it's counting down to you, I guess. Appreciate you hopping on. I need practice with this beta <laughs> as well. Uh, it's flashing. I guess it's doing the countdown. It says guest waiting. While we're waiting for a guest, um, just counting. Do I need to push this? I don't know if it's Dr. Uh, Robert Goodman. Guess that's why they have a beta. Guest is joining. Okay. Guess I did something right. Outside of my comfort zone working this app. <laughs> Hey, Dr. Goodman, how are you? Oh, pretty good. I'm uh, just learning this here myself. And uh, I listen to a few people and just now haven't uh, tried to uh, chime in. So, mm -hmm. but uh, 
in a case, I was uh, interested in your uh, story because my uh, daughter came to me and asked me to uh, coach their basketball team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so at, at first I was thinking, uh, no, I take you. But all in all, I was having that same feeling. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but anyway, I, I ended up you know, doing it in, uh, for about two years uh, with them. And uh, the main thing I was doing was uh, videoing the games and then turn around and let them see it. And, uh, and so uh, we actually learn a lot from that, you know, and, um, and truthfully, that's where I got out of my comfort zone, comfort zone that at mm-hmm. was telling all these here girls uh, what to do. You know, and so, but once they looked at the video, uh, we all gave each other suggestions on what to do and uh, uh, pay attention to each other. And um, we won quite a few games like that, you know. Um, and um, I guess uh, two years later, I ended up, uh, uh, what's that, uh, touch football. Uh, she wanted to play. And so I ended up coaching that, and uh, I know nothing about uh, actual football, football, no more than uh, watching it on the TV, you know. So, but uh, it was a learning experience because I ended up doing the same thing as uh, videoing the games and turn around and uh, letting them see it, and uh, we sat and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Um... The second time you stepped outside of your comfort zone, was the feeling the same as the first time, or did you? Because it sounded like you you kind of replicated right what you did before. You you implemented it with the the football, the the, the you videotape. Yeah. Yes. Was uh, was it a different feeling for you, or kind of well, still unknown? I, I said both. I mean, since you said that, said it like that, mm-hmm. because uh, really, me to uh, play, uh, playing touch football uh, with a, a bunch of twelve years old was uh, a little out of my comfort zone, actually. You know, and, and um, so, but in a way, it was uh, fun being there, uh, watching them. Uh, watched the video, you know, and they gave me the other suggestions, you know, and then I just uh, implement that uh, back to them. You know, um, remember uh, uh, when Tino said, uh, D, you know, um, and, and so it was fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that, you know. And uh, I could say, one of the, the first times I stepped out of my comfort zone is uh, moving into the Lafayette Morehouse uh, there in California, you know, and meeting Vic Barranco, you know. And um, so it was an alternative lifestyle, and I got to learn uh, how different people live, 
you know, mm-hmm. and um, so some of them I, you know, feel comfortable with, and some of them I just feel really uh, out of my comfort comfort zone. Because, um, and uh, it was a game that they played was an NI game. So, I mean, if you wasn't in with the group, uh, you was out and you didn't uh, involve yourself, you know, and uh, a lot of times I, I felt uncomfortable from that. But over the years, I got to the point that uh, I started doing it, you know, and, and feeling comfortable myself about doing it, you know, and not uh, upsetting someone or even, uh, what's, what's the word, uh, upset, uh, anger someone mm-hmm. uh, about it, you know, it was uh, a level of communication, you know, sure. uh, yeah, if you uh, were doing something that uh, someone didn't like, you know, uh, they said to you, you know, uh, maybe you uh, do it when they're not around uh, or something like that, you know, uh, but we always did um, what we wanted to do and didn't do nothing we didn't want to do and uh, made sure that it was uh, comfortable with each other. Sure. You know, you know and uh, so a lot of times I, I felt, uh, okay, I'm out, you know, and uh, I'm interested in what they're doing, but they don't want to involve me, you know. Um, so I felt... Uh, out of the game, you know, so so how how did you how did you deal with that? I mean, I've I've experienced many times like that in my life uh, where you don't feel yeah. a part of something. Um, yeah, I, I was just going to say that I felt out of the game, and uh, the one of the uh, things that we would teach if you feel out, involve yourself, mm-hmm. and, and so uh, include yourself. You know, and then you take a look at, is it really something you want to do or is it something uh, just what's intriguing at that moment? You know, um, so. Okay. Well, yeah, thank, thanks yeah. for sharing that. I, I know one of the things I've, I've always done is just, I just focus on providing value. Um the right people will recognize it. I've, I've had some challenges in corporate America uh, for whatever reason. And I guess from my military days, uh, the mission is the most important. They hired me for a reason. Um, you know, the, the answers may not always be there, but if I'm always striving to provide value, I, I can go to sleep at night because I realize that, hey, uh, I have no control over how other people view me or see me, but if I'm providing value, I, I can go to bed at night and, and know that I, I did the best I can do. And I kind of live that way. And I actually, you know, I share with my children, you know, growing up, I said, you can't always make other people happy. All you can do is, you know, try to do the right thing. I said, you don't have to go out of your way to make people like you. I said, uh, do the right thing and, and be honest and uh, do your best. And the rest will take care of yourself, you know. This will take care of yourself. That's right. Hey, and if uh, someone is interested in you and you doing something that is uh, 
value to them, then they will want to respond to you or sure. communicate with you. Mm-hmm. But no other than that, you know, hey, I sit here and watch TV or go in my studio and work on my computer. You know, a lot of times I talk to my clients, you know, um, like that, you know, and I'm an alternative lifestyle coach. So a lot of times I feel uh, out of my comfort zone because I'm talking to somebody that uh, also out of their comfort zone. They don't know me. I don't know them, but we create affinity with Mm -hmm. each other. Sure. But Dr. Goodman, I don't mean to cut you off this app. Um, It has a countdown. You have about 53 seconds. So um, it it may drop you here and then I'll uh, see if any other people want to chime in. But I appreciate you coming on. It's great. You know, hearing your story and seeing how you handle stepping outside of your comfort zone um, and also give me an opportunity to work the app. <laughs> so we both we're both okay. learning, you know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> OK. Yeah. OK. All right. Well, great. Yeah. Chatting with you later. And hey, I'll follow you. All right. Great. Thank you. All right. I'll see, see if anyone else wants to chime in here. Um, I think I can. Um, let's see. I'll try that. Okay. I'll chat with you in a bit. I'll be listening to you uh, chime off. Okay. I think I just removed uh, him. And so we have a few more minutes. Uh, If anyone else likes to chime in, feel free to do so. I appreciate you guys hopping on. This app is is wonderful. You know, stepping outside of your comfort zone. Um, I I know uh, with this app, Stepping outside of the comfort zone is trying to figure out your space with all these great presenters, speakers, podcasters, a vast uh, amount of knowledge. And I said, how do I figure out my space here? And what's helped me is always just tell stories of, you know, how things have, how I use things to get through the process. And it seems to have served me well. Um, the podcast that I have is literally a documentary of how I was able to change my life, uh, in 2019. And again, I, you know, when you hear that people say, Oh, wow, what what was the story? What happened? Well, it wasn't bad. You know, I was doing okay, but okay. Wasn't enough for me. I, I figured I should be further in my life to where I could, do some of the things I truly want to do with my life. And uh, this app is all part of that process. So is there anyone else that'd like to assist me with uh, bringing a guest on <laughs> or either uh, sharing your first moment of coming out of the comfort zone? I'm going to give you countdown to five, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Do I have another comfort zone story? I have plenty of them. I even have one about when I left corporate America to start my own business. Yeah, I left a six-figure income to start my own business. So maybe I'll bring that up on one of the chats or the talks. So at this point, I'll go ahead and close the call out. I appreciate you guys for chiming in, coming on, listening. 
And I look forward to joining some of your talks. And uh, as we continue to develop this wisdom app to uplift others. So I always like to say, let's focus on good thought energy. Continue to grow. Have a great day and I'll see how to uh, remove myself from the app. You guys have a good one.